I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, world, and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. This is the show where I speak to actors every week about their journey in the industry and they share some fun audition stories and usually some pretty good advice along the way. I don't know about you, but this whole shipping thing has me very freaked out. I have basically bought all of my holiday gifts already um, because I'm, I was very stressed out. (laughs) So I'm almost done Christmas shopping and I'm just like, okay, do I, do I wrap things now? I mean, there is stuff that I have to send to the East Coast. So, like, do I do that now? Do I just wrap it and send it early? I mean, why not, right? At least it would be done then and I wouldn't be, you know, scared that it wasn't getting out. I don't know. Real quick, before we get into today's episode, today's show, today's person, um... Every year I do a donation drive called Joy of Giving. Last year, I obviously wasn't able to do that in person. I was encouraging online donations um, all throughout the year last year. But uh, my drive is back. Joy of Giving will be back this year. Um, I will let you all know the details as soon as I have those cemented. I know it's going to be the early part of December, um, and I know that it's more than likely going to be in Burbank. What I do is I just host a little drop-off center. Um, That can be that pile of clothes that have been sitting in the corner of your room that you keep on saying, you know, I need to go donate those or 
How do you do something with that pile? Um, or you can, you know, go to Dollar Tree, buy a bunch of toiletries, or uh, if you have leftover dog food, cat food, if you have dog crates, cat beds, cat trees, anything like that. Um, I am really passionate about doing this every holiday season. I think it's a great way for us to give back to our community. I usually choose one uh, human organization and one animal organization um, to donate all of the the goods that we receive to. So look out for my social media post. I will talk about it again on the podcast, um, but I'm very excited that I get to do this in person again and see friends, and I hope to see you there if you live in LA. Today on the show, we have Roger Dorman. You may know him in the movie Wander, or you may have seen him in the Lifetime film Cheer for Your Life. Uh, we had a great discussion about building a career outside of Los Angeles and um, discovering acting kind of as your second career. Uh, so it was a great time talking to Roger, and here's that conversation. And welcome to the show, Mr. Roger Dorman. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for being on. Um, I'm very excited to talk to you today. But first off, how is your day? Are you in California? Are you in New York? How's it going? I'm actually in Southern Utah. Beautiful, Whoa. beautiful weather here today. Cloudless skies and uh, ready for Halloween. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm so excited for Halloween. Um, I It's like my favorite holiday. So I'm just, I'm so stoked about it. <laughs> Um, so let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about your journey because you've had quite the, the interesting life. So let's go back to the start, to the beginning. What made you want to get into the filmmaking industry? You know, I think everybody wants to be an actor, right? I mean, I mean, you, you grow up, start watching kids shows and stuff and you fantasize about the idea of being on one of those so I think the answer to that question is I've always wanted to be an actor, but I put that out of my head like like most people do. And it wasn't until I got approached by a guy I was just having dinner with uh, about being in one of his movies that I realized it could be reality. So I guess, and that was probably four and a half, five years ago. My gosh. So you took like the completely unconventional way of doing this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's amazing to me. Did you go to college for anything in the arts or did you go completely on like a business or, or whatever track? I, I got a BA in communications. So amazing. Great at BSing and talking and writing <laughs> and all of that stuff. So I guess that added to the craft that I already had. And then I went into sales, into business sales. So I learned to act. <laughs> mm -hmm. Learn to think on my feet and react to people naturally. So I guess all of that was experience and uh, something that added to a more natural ability to be able to dive in, I guess. <laughs> totally. I mean, I, I always say that like servers and salespeople are the best actors because they really just have to put on a good face every single day and pretend that uh, they're not wanting to die being at their job. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. 
Um, so, I mean, this is really interesting to me because so many people that I have on the show, you know, it's something that they, they went to college for, they've spent their whole lives working on, but you really went the, uh, the Harrison Ford route here and had a completely different life and just kind of like ran into it. Um, which is amazing to me because you don't, you don't hear that very often. Yeah. I mean, I, I went. My story is that I flew out to Green Bay, Wisconsin, and was discovered there, of all places, <laughs> uh, for a shareholder meeting on a with a publicly traded company that I'm on the was one of the members of the board the board of directors and a shareholder of, and we'd spent two days talking about this and that and the other, and one of the other board members was just watching me and listening to me talk and so on. And so he invited me to dinner one night and he's like, Hey, you know, I've got a part in a movie I'd like you to play. And I just kind of roll my eyes and blow him off and tell him that <laughs> the only acting I've ever done was the lead in the, albeit the lead in the, uh, in my kindergarten play as Joseph, because I was the only boy in the whole class, believe it or not. So I had to be, <laughs> so that was my experience. And I just kind of laughed it off to him. He said, no, he goes, you've got a look about you. And he goes, I love your voice. He goes, I think the other producers would like you too. And I want you to play the role of a luxury yacht captain. And I'm like, well, who's going to pass that up if I'm the luxury yeah. captain? I mean, I get to play on a hundred plus foot vessel in the middle of the sea. I'm in, you know, I guess I better learn how to act, but I'm definitely in. So that's where it all started. And that's, it's just so, that's so fun. Like what a fun way to get introduced to the interesting and industry and like Wisconsin of all places. I, yeah. I'm never, I'm never going to get over that. Never in my life. Um, so that was your first project. And then how did you start navigating? Cause I think that's a really interesting part of this is, you know, now you're, you're working on a lot of things and you're also, you know, producing, which is incredible, which we'll get to, but how did you take that first role and then say, okay, let me see how I can pivot this into a career? Well, I'm a little bit, well, not a little bit. I'm a, <clears throat> a lot blessed in my life. I, I own a currency exchange company and I'm still a business owner and that pays my bills. Hmm. It happens to be that for the past 10 years, I've set up this company of mine to where I'm never in the office. That doesn't mean I still don't handle things but I have wonderful people who handle the day-to-day -day for me and report to me and I just manage certain things as needed. And, and I've set up checks and balances to protect, you know, myself and the company um, from theft and whatever else. But mm -hmm. nonetheless, that's set up for me. So my days consist of whatever I want them to be. And so I already knew I had a ton of time on my hands. The only thing I was doing was working out two, three hours a day. And Lord. beyond that, I mean, I would fill my day with, you know, picking up my son from school and spending a few hours with him in the afternoon and then taking him to his mom or, uh, you know, whatever I was involved with. So it, there was just something every day. So I knew I had lots of time. And so the first thing I did with these producers, I'm like, listen, I'm not someone that goes half ass into something. I dive into something. I go all the way. It's just who I am, what I do. And I'm not, I'm certainly not going to embarrass myself because I don't care how little the movie is or how little exposure it is. That's, that's me becoming immortal forever mm -hmm. on the planet with that piece of art. And so I don't want to make a fool of myself. So 
I got introduced to a local guy who clearly could see that he had his hands full and that I, that I needed more help than him. And he actually introduced me to one of the premier acting coaches in all of LA in Susana Morris of uh, who's the wife of Eric Morris of the mm-hmm. famous Eric Morris actors workshop. And so I've worked with her closely in preparation for all of my movies since. So I absolutely love the woman and credit her for everything that she's been able to pull out of me. And it's been amazing. That was going to, yeah. I mean, you just answered what was going to be my next question, which is like, how did you start preparing for these roles? And I'm glad that you really took it upon yourself to take every little role and chance to be incredibly serious about the craft and really dive into the nuts and bolts of how to be an actor. Well, a lot of a lot of these actors, they go through high school and the drama club and then college. They're part of the theatrical um, and arts department of the college, but they don't really have real one on one coaching. They have classes they take in groups and practice being silly in front of each other or serious or dramatic or whatever. But. I had the, I've had the blessing from the beginning of learning from one of the masters mm. one-on-one where before we even begin to talk about memorizing a script or lines, we break the, we break the script down. We understand the script. We understand my character. We basically put a roadmap of all of the emotional obligations tied to all of the lines and all of the scenes and what's leading up to it and what comes after it. So there's a natural flow. So, and there's usually, anytime we feel something, there's always more than one feeling. There's usually multiple feelings. Like if I'm coming across as angry, I may be feeling fear, sadness, betrayal, um, depression, and, confusion all at once. And so it comes out as anger. And Mm -hmm. so we have to go into my life and then dredge up old memories in my life based upon every one of those elements and layer those emotions into the script. And we go over and over and over again and dial it in to where, because I'm so emotionally tied to the script, the, the lines naturally come, not because I'm slaving away trying to memorize the lines, but because I'm so naturally emotionally connected, the emotions help me remember the lines and it just flows. So, I mean, we basically no stones unturned uh, when preparing for a movie. Like I'll, I'll buy a dummy if I need to practice handcuffs. I will, I will go out shooting if I need to, if, if I, need to, I need to be shooting a gun on set, you know, or whatever it is. Not because I'm going to shoot a real bullet on set, as as we've learned, sadly, but to practice handling the gun naturally and properly. So whatever it is that my role is in any role that I'm in, I I have literally spent hours upon hours, hundreds of hours preparing for that role and maybe spending spent 10 hours just doing nothing but handcuffing a dummy. I mean, that's just what I do. And I mean, that's, that's great. And, you know, going back to what you were saying about uh, breaking down the script so that, you know, the emotion is at the forefront, it sounds very Meisner-esque, 
which is one of my favorite uh, methods. And I love Playhouse West out in Los Angeles. They have some of the best Meisner teachers. And I can remember the best class I ever, ever was in. The best scene that I was ever doing in class was because we had memorized the lines as the scene as a monologue, both of us. And we didn't know each other's lines at all. So it was me and my uh, my classmate, Kevin, and it was a very emotional scene, but we only knew the lines and we knew the emotion. We knew the backstory. We knew all that, but we didn't know what each other were going to say. So that was the beauty of it, because then you had to find your own way to fit in what you needed to say to the other person. And it made it purely about the emotions. Yeah. Um, and And that's what it really comes down to is the layering and the emotions and how to make a something that's on paper, a full and complex human being, which is the the most beautiful part about acting, in my opinion. <laughs> it's, it's very difficult for someone just off the streets to read a script and get any sense of what the storyline's about. And it's amazing when you put these professionals together and they act it out. It's better than I even imagined. I mean, I know what I'm bringing, but they're bringing their own color to it. And that's what's beautiful is being able to react and feed off of the energy from the actor opposite you that may have a completely different background in thought pattern in the way they went about it. But they have their own backstory that amazingly matches yours on screen because nobody's mm -hmm. saying the backstory. It's none of anybody's business. Right. It's, about, <laughs> it's about bringing the emotion, which is the only believable thing we have in acting. Yeah. Um, so going back, you, you do the first film and then how do you translate to the next one? Do you get an agent? Do you get a manager or what, how do you propel your, your career forward? Well, uh, the gentleman who initially approached me about being in a movie, he introduced me to a wonderful producer out in, out in Hollywood. Her name's Mary Allow of Allow Entertainment. She's put forth over the past 16 years, close to 40 movies. I mean, she's just busy, busy, busy. And is the type that just knows what she's doing is she's, she handles her business the same way I would handle preparing for a role. She's all over it. So she has, she has been my producing partner, my acting manager, I'll call it. And so on, as I build up my portfolio prior to getting agents involved, really. And, and she's, mm -hmm she's involved in so many movies. She's just had me be in a lot of her movies. So she's and just using me that much. That's, um, that's amazing, uh, to be able to find somebody who really supports you and believes in you that much to be able to say like, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you in this industry. Cause it's, it's very hard to find that, that mentor, if you will, yeah. who will really take you under your wing and commit the time to help you better your career, better your, your art, your craft. Um, and you mentioned producing too. So tell me a little bit about, you know, being both the producer and an actor on set. Well, producer has been in my works with Mary, uh, as she's asked for assistance on things. You know, I, I bring forward my, my business acumen and background that I've done my entire adult life to make things simpler and easier for her. And so I've gotten engaged and on the business side of things on several of the movies I've been involved with, even on a couple that I haven't been involved with or acted in just because, because I want to learn the business. 
So again, it's a combination of her belief in me, her admiration towards me and how I handle things and how I'm able to get certain things done. My capacity to do it. Plus, I mean, you want to work with people that you like. And she and I hit it off from the beginning. We, we call each other brother and sister. And it, it truly is a blessing. It's miraculous. Now, I know that this is the exception and not the norm where someone hits it off with a producer before they even really become an actor. Right. And then yeah. <laughs> the producer sees how hard I went after it. And then she saw me act in my first movie and thought, oh my gosh, there's no, I don't need to look anywhere else. I mean, she gets people or actors cozying up to her all the time. Mm-hmm. And she hasn't felt that uh, pull to do that. But for some reason, her and I, you know, it's, you know, sometimes the stars align in certain people working together and she calls it a, she calls it a, an attached producer, uh, Gary Oldman. He has somebody like that where, where he just, he's taken care of because there's certain people that are always uh, handling his business and so on. Mm-hmm. And others do too. And when you find that and you have that develop those friendships, they tend to open a lot of doors that otherwise you wouldn't necessarily have. And I'd be pounding the pavement if I really wanted to do that. But fortunately I haven't had to do that in that way. There have been roles that have presented themselves to me and I've, I've been able to, I mean, I still have to read for the parts. I still have to do all those elements like anybody else do, but maybe I have, you know, it's like a warm lead in sales. Like when you know somebody that introduced you, you you already got a little bit of a shoe in. And if they like you enough, then they, they, they'll give you the part. And of course you have to look the part and so on. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's like normal business practices too. in, in the industry, that's what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, if, Say an agent has a, a script with Warner Brothers, and they're the they represent the writer and director, and it's let's say ICM. Well, they're going to also fill it with ICM actors because it's okay. going to be a package deal. Okay. Um, so, I mean, it, it it makes total sense. And again, that's like the side of the business that the public never really sees the business side that we keep <laughs> undercover, under wraps, and in the quiet darkness. Yeah. You, you always see the same actors uh, working with the same directors and the same producers. It's, it's, that's how it happens. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's, I want to talk about, you know, auditions and whatnot, because that's what we do on this show. <laughs> but first I want to get to, you know, where you want your career to lead. Do you want to continue, you know, just acting? Do you want to do just producing? Do you want to do a combo? Do you want to direct? Where do you see all of this leading? My excitement is in acting. I, I, I do business every day, so I don't need the validation from producing. Although I know uh, I'm, I naturally get drawn into it or pulled into it. And I'm happy to be a part of that element but my payoff is the acting. So yeah. um, I, I don't know how to explain it. You know, you, when you, when you're an actor and you get the bug, you can't, ex, you can't explain it until someone's been on set, acted, knowing they did a good job. They came prepared. They did exactly what the director asked of them uh, and they leave. And it's so mm-hmm. exhilarating to have been a part of something bigger than yourself and you delivered without any issues. You don't make any issues. You don't get involved in any crazy stuff on set. You just go do your job, be respectful and kind and, and gracious to everyone. 
you add value to your fellow actors that are in the scenes with you, you nail it and you go home. And that is so rewarding. And then wait a year or six months to a year or two years, whenever it's finally going to be released and then to see it again, it's like, there it is. How cool. I was part of that. You know, it's, yeah. I mean, I should be proud of that. You know, that's, that's a very rewarding life. And I don't know how to explain it because I, I, I'm a naturally drawn in, I'm, I'm a confident person, but I'm, I'm fairly private. I don't need fame. I, that, that's not my driver. It truly is the art of acting and the challenge of it, nailing it, going through all the emotional hell that you go through to get to that performance and to make it authentic. And then to walk away having that, I call it acting therapy, that actor's therapy of the reward of the emotional side being complete inside of you and understanding yourself better, but then also having validation that what you did and the amount of effort and time that you suffered and, and took to prepare was, was that those around and involved in the movie were grateful for you and the part that you played in it. And then to finally see it on screen say, wow, there it all is. It's a, it's a, it's a very healing, very therapeutic process from beginning to end. So acting will always be really something that pulls me in and it's not for any other reason other than the process. For me, it's the process. I don't know how to explain it, but it is. Yeah. I mean, it's a very, it's a very cathartic experience. It's, it's unlike anything else on the planet when you're an actor and you can really feel something. It's, it's beyond what uh, what can be described, but it's a high. It's a natural high that you yeah. can't explain. Yeah, it it really is, especially like you said, when you have that that take when you hit it perfectly, and you're like, oh man, I know that was it. Like I can feel it in my bones. That was it right there. That's what they're gonna use. And then they say, uh oh, the, there was a car in the background that should. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta redo it one more time. Just one more time. <laughs> Um, all right. So on this show, we like to share audition stories. Um, do you have any audition stories that you'd like to share with the, uh, the listeners? We, uh, we've had some fun ones over the, over the year that we've been on. <sighs> <laughs> well, it, I don't know if it's funny or fun or whatever, but the movie, I, I don't mind saying the movie cause it's out now. The movie breach. Mm-hmm. I, I was an executive producer of that with Bruce Willis. I, I read for the role of, of the Admiral St- uh, Stanley, I believe his name it was, or Captain Stanley. I read for that role and they had someone else in mind, but they wanted to give me the character of blue, hmm. Which is the one that um, in the movie comes out. Uh, he ends up being one of the first that is turned into an inkling alien dude, and he Fun. attacks one of the girls on set. And anyway, they offered that to me, and I turned it down. Hmm. Um, there were a number of factors why I did. Um, one, I didn't need it. Two, I was already involved as an executive producer, and and I kind of, I was already moving on to the, another role for another movie at the time. And, you know, it's interesting because it's turned out to do pretty well. And all of the actors involved, because it was a Bruce Willis movie, benefited with you know, their IMDb skyrocketing way high for a little while, for, for quite a while. 
and the rankings and so on. And I walked away going, man, maybe I should have done it. And so, but then I thought, no, you know, sometimes you just need to follow your heart and the roles that fit you and what you do. And that turned out beautiful. I'm happy for everyone there. And it, it led me down another path um, to some other movies that maybe I wouldn't have had. So mm. I, I guess for me, this, the, the moral of the story is go for every role you can. And then if, even if you get a role, maybe follow your heart. And if your heart is telling you to go another direction, follow your heart because it really going to lead you wrong. And you can always be glad for others. If you miss out on an opportunity and they get the opportunity, you can be glad for them. You know, yeah. life's all about karma and wishing everybody the best. And, and you've got your own, you've got your own path to lead. Love that. Um, so what's next for you? What do you. Hello, friends. This is Mark Nell, executive producer of the Table Read podcast, where imagination meets performance. As we wrap up an incredible season one, we want to take a moment to express our heartfelt gratitude to each and every one of you who tuned in and supported us on this amazing journey. Season one was nothing short of extraordinary. We delved into captivating scripts that transported us to worlds beyond our imagination, thanks to the brilliant writers who delivered these works. But what really brought these stories to life were the talents of our amazing actors. But Wait, the excitement doesn't end there. As we bid farewell to season one, we are thrilled to announce the launch of season two. Get ready for more gripping narratives, more unforgettable characters, and more mesmerizing performances that will keep you on the edge of your seat. We have some big surprises coming. The Force will definitely be with you. So stay tuned, stay engaged, and most importantly, stay excited. From all of us at the Table Read Podcast, thank you. And let's make season two even more memorable together.